to me. So we started last week um, and kind of discussing, you know, we're launching a program called Celebrate Recovery. And so uh, that'll be on April the 3rd, Monday night at 6 p.m., and we're inviting people to come. 20 of you put your name on the clipboard last week that you're interested in attending, and I love that. I'm excited about that. So we're going to continue down this for a couple of weeks, kind of sharing with you the principles of Celebrate Recovery and how it's tied to Scripture and what our heart as a church is in regards to this. But God's, God's timing is amazing, isn't it? Now, I sent Pastor Stu twice into my office to look for my iPhone, and I didn't realize until after he looked twice that it's sitting up there recording us on Facebook right now. So, so Pastor Kerry grabbed my phone and used it. So he's like, I can't find it. Is it in your car? I said, no, it's right there. Let's go get it. And he came back again empty-handed, and then it dawned on me. But the reason I wanted that, so I won't read it to you, but I actually got a text message this morning from a, a dear friend of mine, someone I've known as long as the berries. As the berry. I was going to say the berries, but I haven't known Jennifer as long as I've known Dean. Uh, a friend of ours who moved out of state years ago, uh, he sent a text this morning, and, and just to summarize it, because I can't read it to you, obviously, we have to turn on Facebook, but he's been struggling with the pill addiction for years, for years. And, and I love this man, and, and I've watched him um, grow a business where he lives, and he's been successful but I've always known early on as, as young Christians together that he had a call of God on his life. And I always wondered what, while he was out there, and we weren't, we're not real close. We text back and forth every once in a great while, maybe every few months. Um, I've always wondered why he hasn't really stepped in and fulfilled what I felt like would be the call of God on his life. And, and this morning he just threw it all out there. There was about nine of us included in this text because he trusts us that we'll pray for him. None of you know him. None of you have ever met him except for Dean, and I'm not even going to mention his name because I want to protect his anonymity. I don't want to protect his request. But I wanted you to know that as soon as we start talking about this, and I have to believe that there's even people in this room, as small as the crowd as that we have today, that there are people who are probably struggling with some things that have kept them out of God's perfect will for their life, out of God's call and plan for their life, out of, out of the anointing of God to preach the word of God or to prophesy or to teach our children or, or to teach our adults. And, and so it was just, God's timing is amazing. We start this study and all of a sudden there's things, and this isn't the first incident in the two weeks that, that things have been brought to my attention about people who have had long time struggles. So I'm saying, Lord, shake the tree. Amen. Shake the tree. And man, if you're here today, you should be praying, God, shake my tree. Shake my tree, because I know, I know that there's people under the sound of my voice right now, I haven't even started this sermon yet, that, that you're here today and you have been struggling with this thing. You have been wrestling with this demon for years, and you know that God has a perfect plan for your life, and he has something incredible in store for you, and you're just waiting, one day, one day I'm going to get a hold of this thing. And I'm telling you, what you're going to hear today in the content of my sermon is you can't do it alone. You can't do this thing alone. You need help, Amen. So I understand that CR isn't for everybody, even though I try to paint a picture like it is. But hey, don't we all have hurts, habits, and hang-ups? Now, many of you may not have to join a 12-step program to get over some of your hurts, habits, and hang-ups. I understand that. But many of you who've never even thought about it maybe should start contemplating the possibility that there might be some help in a group that this church is starting up. Amen? Maybe. Just maybe. So if you will open your ears and your minds with me for a while this morning, I want to share with you some of the content that the Lord has given me, but I want to pray first. Lord, bless the word today. God, help me to convey 
what's in your heart. There's a lot of things in my heart right now, Lord, because this is so near and dear to my heart. I can preach my heart out right now, but Lord, I'd rather preach your heart today. Because when your words speak, when you speak to the people, you bring conviction into the hearts of believers. Lord, and every person in this room, I believe, whether they need a 12-step program or not, can receive something from this word today. So open our ears in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Matthew chapter 5. A reading from the Sermon of the Mount, the Beatitudes. Verses 3 through 11. When you have it, say amen. amen. All right. So start bringing the Bible to church. Look, I'm even opening mine today. Words here, too. I can't read that. Too small. I'll have Amanda hold it for me. Actually, I can read that a little bit. I'm going to try it today. Matthew chapter three or 5, verses 3 through 11, okay? Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of, God, of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of God. Blessed are you when you are... When, you, when they revile and persecute you and say all kinds of evil against you falsely for my sake. Let me read verse 12. It's not up there. Rejoice and be exceedingly glad, for great is your reward in heaven, for they, for, for they persecuted the prophets who were before you. I wanted to read verse 12 today, even though it's not in my sermon content and I, and I didn't give it to the, the media team. But I want you to know that you're not alone. What you need to understand is, is all throughout church history, people have been wrestling with demons. Hurts, habits, and hang-ups, strongholds, bondages, chains, shackles, whatever you want to title it, people have been work, uh, persecuted with those things and working with those things and trying to overcome those things. Pastor Stu did a great job of, of telling us this morning that, that Satan, when he sees you starting to get peace, what, what does he attack? When he sees you starting to get the joy, what does he attack? When he sees you starting to get the victory, what does he attack? When he sees you get 10 days clean and sober, what does he do? <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> so we started working last week through the Celebrate Recovery acrostic, and the, and the acrostic is the, is the word recovery. It's in, the, it's in your bulletin there. You'll see, and I left the the two we did last week, in case you didn't make it, uh, on the back for you. Number one was realize that you're not God. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Listen, admitting that we are powerless to control a situation in our life is the first step in recovery. It's the first step to ever get over anything that you're going through, anything that you're struggling with today. If you will admit that you're powerless over it, if you weren't powerless over it, you wouldn't be struggling over it. I'm preaching with attitude today, huh? I don't know where that's coming from. I know where it is. I had eight in-laws in town. And they spent the night. And they stayed all day. And they swam in my pool and trashed my house and ate my food. So I got a little bit of attitude today. 
It's not against you, all right? They went home. Hallelujah. Man, you should see when my father-in-law was starting to start the truck last night. I started praying, hallelujah, Lord, in the name of Jesus. If you could heal that piece of metal, Lord, put your Holy Spirit and put the oil of the anointing of the, God, of the Holy Spirit in that, in that tank so it goes all the way home. All right, I, I better get serious. He only gave me 20 minutes left. Second thing we learned last week is, is, is the E is earnestly believe that God exists. Blessed are those that mourn. Listen, don't be confused because this doesn't say blessed are those that moan. Blessed are, blessed are those that mourn. We're not starting some kind of a, a gossip or a whiner's club. If cel- a celebrate, recovery turns into that. Where's Paul and Cindy? There's no seat. There you guys are. Everybody's moved on me. I don't like this now. Now I don't like it. I don't think, they, if they see that, they're probably going to shut this thing down quicker than me. They, it's just not what this is about. I told you that last week that the Greek word for blessed means to be happy or blissful. That's what it means. Happy are those that realize that God has the power to help them, and he desires to help you. When you get that in your spirit, when you get that deep down inside, you begin to get the victory. And, and, and real quick, before we move on to some new stuff here, I told you that about burdens, how, how we're to share those burdens, right? Burdens are meant to be shared with each other. God puts people in our path. God is putting a, a celebrate recovery in your path so that you can share those burdens with people who've been through them with you, like you, before you. Amen? Uh, number two, burdens are to be shouldered. Listen, there's consequences to our actions. In the Bible, it's called sowing and reaping. Hey, it took a long time for me to get a driver's license back. I decided to drive behind, get behind the wheel with, impaired several times and got in trouble for that several times. So they didn't give me a license. So I had, to, I had to pay the price for those consequences, right? What about your criminal record? What about the fact that I can never become president of the United States because I did, in fact, inhale? We had a president once that I tried it, but I didn't inhale. I was like, right. <laughs> what about some broken relationships that we've all been through? Those are things that we have to shoulder. Listen, God doesn't necessarily remove those things right away. Now, a lot of things that I had to shoulder for a long time have been removed from me. Amen. Amen. Relationships have been restored. I no longer have a criminal record. I have a driver's license with not a single point on it. I don't know. That's a miracle in itself. But anyway, that's another story. So, so we do have to shoulder some things for a while. It's important for us to understand it because some people, you know why they give up in recovery? Because God didn't remove everything from me. Well, you knucklehead, you did it. Yeah. And some of those things are a reminder of what we did, amen? amen. <laughs> Jesus said in Matthew eleven twenty nine 29 and 30, he said, take my yoke upon me, upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Amen. So listen, even though we shoulder those things, even though some of those things, some of those sins, we have to carry the weight of those for a while, uh, his yoke is easy and his burden is light. It makes it possible to carry those things. You will get through it. Trust me. And every time I went to get on the get bus, I thought, man, I hate this. The get bus was the Fresno or the, or the Bakersfield Transit uh, stuff, yeah, and I was on that thing a lot back in the day, riding by, I used to ride my bicycle to work, and I had a, a mustache and a goatee back then, and it would, it would be iced when I got there, 
things. I just want to drive a car, but I had to pay the price. And the last thing is our burdens are meant to be shed. Amen. Shed those things off. Some of you are carrying things you don't need to be carrying anymore. See, that's why Jesus went to the cross. That's why he gave us victory over these things. He dealt with those things, and he wants to throw those things into the sea of of forgetfulness. Amen? The sea of forgiveness. And not that that he doesn't forget, remember them. He doesn't want you to have to bear the burden of those things. Your every waking moment, oh, my gosh, I'm such a loser. No, you're not. No, you're not. So so the key word here, uh, well, let me get to the new stuff, okay? C, consciously choose to commit all my life and will to Christ's control. So the key word here is all. I'm just going to be real, okay? 80% of the people in this room and in rooms like this all across America don't fit that description. Many of us don't give it all to him. I'll give you some. I'll even give you the majority on Sunday. But all, that's a tall order. The scripture that goes to this principle is, blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. And the step, if you're a 12-stepper, the step that's tied to this is we made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God. Now, other 12-steps program, they add this part to it as we understood him. That's a problem. That was, always a, that was always a stumbling block for me because I'm going to turn my will and my power. I'm going to turn all this stuff over to the care of God as I understood him. I had no understanding of who God was. And when N.A. said it could be a doorknob, I said, cool. So I just gave a doorknob power over my life. <laughs> How'd that work for you, Sherlock? Well, let me just tell you, I spent a lot of years out there trying to figure that one out. Don't mistake Meekness for weakness. Blessed are the meek, not the weak. This will be the hardest thing you've ever done. This could be the hardest thing you've ever done. If you're a sissy lala, if you're a sissy lala, you won't want to participate in CR. But if you're ready to get real, and, and deal with life and the challenges and the, the, the strongholds and the, and the hurts, habits, and hang-ups, um, I want to ask you to come out and do this. So the three steps that we've covered, okay? Realize you need help, ask God for help, and then let go and let God. Uh, there's a story of a, of, a, of a truck driver who was going down the freeway, and he would stop, not the freeway, but down the streets, and he would stop at every single stoplight. He would get out of his truck, and he'd run around to the back, and he'd beat on the back of the truck, with a, with a hammer or a, or, a, or a bat or something, and then you get back in. And he did this every time he got to a red light. He would get out and beat the back of the truck. Finally, the guy behind him at the next stop site said, Hey, what are you doing? He said, Man, I've got four tons of canaries back there, and this is a two-ton truck. I've got to keep two tons of canaries up in the air at all times. <laughs> it's funny, but that's how a lot of you live your life trying to juggle these things up in the air and keep these things up in the air so that you don't have to feel the weight of them. I'll switch from this drug to this drug to this drug to that girl to that guy to that. And we keep juggling these things, and eventually it's going to hit the ground, and it's going to be this weight, and I've seen so many people lose it under the weight of that. There's such a thing that we call... The cycle of despair. 
Guilt, anger, fear, depression. Anybody recognize any of those things? You want to stop doing the things that you're doing. You want help, and you feel guilty about your behavior. You wish you could stop, but you can't. You think that if I'd be able to handle it, and then you can't, and you get angry about it. Right? That anger turns to fear that you're never going to be able to stop. And that cycle continues until depression sets in. And many of you have been walking through that cycle of life. How do you break that? How do you break a cycle like that? You've got to commit to God. You've got to realize that he's the only one that can help you. You need to realize that there is a God and that he cares about you. You've got to know these things. Instead of running away from God, you need to turn towards him and run to him. And you need to admit that you can't do it by yourself. You can't do it alone. That means that for many of you today, you need to make the first step. For many of you today that have never committed your life to Jesus Christ, you need to do that. You need to admit that you need him in your life. That, that you've been living life the way you've been living it, and, and, and it really hasn't worked out so well for you. Hey, you, might, you might be successful in the world's eyes. You might, you might have a house and a, and a picket fence and two and a half kids and a dog. <laughs> That's the average American household. I don't know where they get the half kid from, but everybody's got one, supposedly. But you're not happy. Jesus, Jesus told us in, in, a, in Matthew eleven twenty nine and 30 to take his yoke and, and we'll find rest, right? But there's a step that you've you got to do before that in order to receive it. And it's verse 28. Come to me. Come to me. If you want to find rest, if you want, if you want that yoke of, of the burden of life and, and addiction and stronghold removed from your life, you've got to come to him. You can't do this thing alone, man. Jesus is saying, if you come to me, I will make it easier, I will help you, and I will give you rest. That is a great deal. Why would anybody turn that down? You have to bring your broken pieces to him. Here's the O in your, in your ac- acronym here. The O, openly examine and confess my faults to myself, to God, and to someone I trust. Verse 8 of our text, blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. The, the, this principle is tied to the fourth and fifth step, which say this, we made a searching and for, a fearless moral inventory of ourselves. It's hard. Step 5 says this, we've admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Listen, there has to be an ongoing house cleaning you have to continue to examine yourself. We say it in the Christian world, we, Christianese, we look at the mirror of God's word in our life. That's what this is saying. Hey, look at yourself in the mirror of God's word. How are you doing? Someone with 22, 23 years clean and sober, I still have to examine myself. I still have to work fourth and fifth step. I still have to admit when I'm making a mistake. I have to look at myself in the mirror of God's words and say, I'm not quite there yet. Amen. I'm still trying to figure this thing out i got a, a few more days than some of you, and not as many as others. But we're all on this walk together, amen? We're all trying to get life, and we're, st- we're trying to take as many people to heaven as we can, as knuckleheaded and as messed up as we are. God still calls us to do those things. 
Matter of fact, he chooses the foolish things to confound the wise. <laughs> I'm, I'm telling you, I am. If you look that, that verse up in the, in the Greek, there's my picture right there. Foolish. Confounding the wise. I'm going to be honest with you this morning, though. This is where most of you will jump ship. Of the 20 names that signed the clipboard last week, at least half of you will jump ship right here. I'm just warning you now because this is hard. Maybe, probably more. I'm being very generous. Grapevine has always broken statistical rules, so I'm being, that's a grapevine. I think that we'll have more success than most programs, amen? But the problem with jumping ship is that you can't outrun your past and you can't continue to carry the burdens of them either. 1 John 1, 9 says, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we confess our sins, the Bible tells us to confess our sins to God, not because he doesn't already know them, but because he wants to intervene and to help us. And I'll tell you, there's something about sharing and opening. I remember when I finally did a real fourth and fifth step in and out of the program for several years. Had a year, had six months, had 90 days. I had a drawer full of 90-day chips. Seriously, you're laughing, but it's true. One day, 30, 60, 90-day chips, a whole bucket full of them. When I finally got real about this, and I was so scared, I walked in that room with my sponsor, and I sat down, and I had wrote all this stuff out, man, stuff that no one has ever done. I'm going to tell this guy this stuff, and I'm going to disappear if I'm never going to see him again because I don't want to look him in the face. And I started talking to him about these things, and he's all, yeah, I did that. Can you share a story with me? You did that too? We're the only two guys in the world. No, no, I've sponsored a lot of people. Everybody I've sponsored has done this. What? Wow. It's so freeing. That's all I want to say about that. I do need to move on because you need an accountability partner. Someone that will help you get through. Someone that you can trust. Right? Some of you have way too many secrets. Things you said, I'll take to the grave with me. And you know what? You're right. You will. Probably quicker than you want to. The weight of those things will kill you spiritually, emotionally, maybe even physically. If we're ever to experience the joy of the Lord... The joy of a pure heart, as the scripture says, could only come from letting go and letting God. And let him deal with the guilt and the shame and help us to repent and come to a place of wholeness. The only place that's going to happen. I'm not saying CR is the only place. I'm saying it's a great way to get there. For many of you that have struggled with that in your Christian walk for years, CR is a place that will help you make those steps to get to that place. Man, Pastor, I've been trying. I've been in church forever, and I, and I do. I get involved in groups. I get involved in Bible studies. And I love all that. Don't stop doing any of that. But maybe you need to add something for a season of your life to help you get wherever that stumbling block is. Here's what, I, here's what I've found in recovery. Everybody has a stumbling block. Every, everybody has that one thing. And when you find that one thing and you get that removed from your life, guess what? You don't stumble anymore. I'm a firm believer, and I'm going to get in some trouble with this, with this statement right now, but I believe it to my core because I live it. You can be recovered. 
You can be recovered. Some of you don't like that statement, and I'm sorry. You don't have to like it, and you have the right to be wrong. Just kidding, just kidding. I'm just trying to lighten it up right now. I'm just trying to lighten it up a little bit right now. I have the right to be wrong too, amen, but, but I am recovered. My name is Ron, and I'm recovered from all that stuff. Amen. Guilt destroys our confidence, but God restores that stuff. Guilt keeps us stuck in the past, but God wants to give us a hope in the future. A hope in the future. Guilt damages relationships, but God restores those things. There's things that you need to do. You need to confess your stuff. You need to take responsibility for them. You need to make it right where you can. You need to ask God for forgiveness. You need to repent and turn away. You need to accept God's forgiveness and forgive yourself. Forgive yourself. I still struggle with that one. That's probably the one I struggle with the most. And he likes to remind me of who I used to be. I still have dreams sometimes of who I used to be, how I used to hurt people. Sometimes those things that get weighty, name on, and then you just cast them off and you cast your cares upon him. Here's the thing. See, God gave everybody a conscience. Everybody has a conscience. You can admit, you can say you don't have one. Everybody has a conscience. But every believer, believer has a Holy Spirit. Amen. That's the deal breaker. We cannot hide from God. We cannot hide from ourselves. That's why we can't get away from the problems by changing jobs changing relationships, changing cities. I joined the Navy thinking I could get away from it. And guess what? There I was. There I was. See, these things don't help the problem if you're the problem. I kept running. I'm running away from my problems. And there I am. I don't really run like that. Look at your neighbor and tell them, you're the problem. <laughs> now, now look at your other neighbor and tell them, I'm the problem. All right? You just got told on and you told on yourself. I like that. Amen? <laughs> yeah, some of you had way too much fun with the first part of that. Yeah. <laughs> you hear what Pastor said? You're the problem. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Listen. We, give me five more minutes, okay? We need to stop deceiving ourselves, all right? 1 John 1, 8 says this. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. God will help us if we ask. And when he does, you need to make sure that you forgive yourself. You know, as a matter of fact, I'm going to close on this note. I'll do V next week, okay? We'll try to get four in next week. I was going to try to finish the acronym next week, but I really... The Lord gave me this this morning, and, 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 and I know I've used a lot of humor, but I need to, the room to be serious for just a minute because I'm, I'm about to approach something delicate, okay? It's not, it's not only because of much prayer that, I, that I'm going down this road, but I want to say this. If you've been, if you've been hurt physically <coughs> or sexually, if you've been abused, I can only imagine the pain that you, you go through in life can only imagine what the weight of that feels like. But I need you to know this. You can write not guilty across that offense. 
you need to receive that. Some of you need to, re- you need to hear what I'm saying right now, what the, Lord, the Spirit of the Lord is saying. That offense is not your fault. That offense is not something that you embraced. It's not something that you said, hey, do this to me. You are not guilty. See, the enemy has held you under this place of guilt. And, and I know that's not for everybody who's even been abused. But somebody in here is carrying the weight of that. And the Lord just wants to release that off of you. He wants to remove that from you, that guilt, that shame. It's not yours. It's not yours to carry. See, that's the reason Jesus went to the cross. Was to carry that shame, to carry that guilt, to carry that pain, to carry that hurt carry that burden to deem you as free, as not guilty to realize that you have been chosen that even during that process during that season of your life he was there and man if he could have, if he could have changed his mind about what he wrote in his word he would have came down and smote that individual right there but he had to be true to his word he had to stand and that's why he sent his son. It's for your healing. Stop carrying it. You don't own it. It's not yours. Give it to God this morning. This, this right here has nothing to do with CR. This has everything to do with God wants to do with several of you in this room. Would you stand? I just feel you tugging on my heart several of you right now just the spirit of the Lord is moving and if someone's by you and you just sense that God's doing something just reach over I'm not going to call you forward there is no embarrassment there is no condemnation there's only healing today Jesus bring healing right now Erase the guilt, erase the shame. Bring wholeness and health right now. Bring joy, unspeakable and full of glory. Come on, just pray, church. Just pray. Begin to pray out loud. Just use your just use your voice and intercede on, on behalf of those that are hurting this morning that, that need victory. God, we love you. Bring your Holy Spirit right now. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for the victory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, man, I just feel like this weight, like this big black blanket is just being lifted off of us right here. receive God's healing. You need to receive God's comfort in your life. You need, you need to be determined this morning that you won't let the past define who you are today or define your future.
give it another minute. God's doing something here. Here's how I want to close this this morning, okay? And we'll come back to the V next week. And hopefully we'll get through four of these. If not, that's all right. We're not in any hurry. But here's how I want to close this, okay? I feel like that every person in this room right now needs to, you probably already have during my preaching Identify something that you can give to the Lord. Character flaw, something that you're struggling with, whether it be a physical bondage, whether it be emotional, whatever the case may be, maybe unforgiveness. I can give you a list of stuff. I wrote a whole list of things. I was going to say, once you have this in your mind, stand to your feet, but you're already all standing. So let me just throw a few things out there, and then we're going to pray and close. Resentment, anger. Fear, self-pity, pride, guilt, dishonesty, impatience, hatred, false pride, phoniness, denial, jealousy, laziness, insecurity, negative thinking, perfectionism, intolerance, criticism, gossip, greed, fill in the blank. I really feel like the Lord wants to take one thing from you right now. I really think that God wants to take one thing from you. One, the one thing, I think he wants to take a lot more than that. But I think that today he wants to show himself off a little bit. And if there's something you're struggling with, just show up, your, show up your hands. Go ahead, throw them up there. Just surrender it to him right now. Commit it to him. Give it to him. Oh, I'm so afraid to give him that. I'll be empty. No, he's going to fill, fill, fill you with something better. Every hand in this room is raised, Lord. Every hand in this room has something that we want to give to you today, Lord. Take it. Receive our offering today, Lord. In Jesus' name.